This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks for being here today. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. So check out all of our other shows at sandyboyproductions.com. This podcast is also supported by 2Before. And I have been taking 2Before before my long runs and heavy lifting workouts. And I am loving how it makes me feel. 2Before is created with the black currant berry, which helps bring oxygenated blood to your muscles. You have better recovery using 2B4 and it's real tasty too. It's got this kind of tart, refreshing taste and they're offering you 30% off a 20 pack. So just go to 2B4.com. That's the number two, 2B4.com and use the code Lindsay and that will get you 20% off a 30 pack. This will help increase your endurance, support your immunity, manage inflammation, and promotes adaptation. 2before.com. Use the code Lindsay for 30% off a 20-pack. All right, friends. Today, my guest is super fun and funny. We have Nicole Story Dent on the podcast. If you are in the millennial parenting sphere, I call myself an older, an elder millennial born in 1983. Um, I guess they call those geriatric millennials. I don't know. Anyway, she has, uh, Nicole has some hysterical millennial content on Instagram. Um, 534,000 people think that because that's how many people are following her over there. Uh, in this episode, we do talk about that. And, um, I mean, seriously, in November of 2022, Nicole was not in this game at all. I don't know why I use the word game, but just to put it into perspective, November 2022, she had 285 followers on Instagram and now she has over 500,000. And she also told me that this is the first podcast she's been on. What? Nicole is currently transitioning her work life. She was a creative director for years and her husband served the role as a stay-at-home dad. So we talk about that a little bit. Uh, and of course we talk about millennial stuff in sync or backstreet boys. What do you all think? We have an all around fun, engaging conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. I definitely laughed a lot with Nicole. So happy to know her now. And Hey, thanks Nicole for being willing to come on. Why is everyone yelling as your first podcast? Uh, All right, friends, if you enjoy the show, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That is a huge way we can grow the show. And I really appreciate that. If you have any friends who you think, ooh, they'll like this girl, they'll think she's fun, Nicole, send them the episode because that is also a super helpful way to grow the show. All right. Thanks so much for being here and enjoy my conversation with Nicole. All right, friends, today on the podcast, we have Nicole Story Dent on the show. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. You, I think you are my first podcast. What's up with that, though? Because I looked, I was like, where is she? Why is she not on any podcasts? 
I, I did one, but it was like a, it was for a work thing. And it wasn't, I was not the like primary, I was not the main character in that podcast. So I, so truthfully, I have a bit of public speaking, like anxiety for me. So this was one that was like everything in my body wants to say no, because I know you will be nervous, but we're going to say yes. We're going to jump oh, in. We're going to say yes. And we're going to do this. Do people ask you though? Cause I mean, you have like so many followers on Instagram. I feel like you have to get requests. Well, it's so new. Like I've, it hasn't even been a year. So I've gotten a few, but uh, just my, everything in my body says, ma'am, you are too anxious for that. And I just move them to a folder to come back and look at never. Uh, but you, you, your email spoke to me. So here we are. So thank you for helping me get through this. So tell me what this is like, because like a year ago, you literally had 200 followers on Instagram and now you have like 460, 70. Like, are you, what, what's going on in your head with all this? It was kind of an, an accident, to be honest, because I remember I, I wasn't, I was public for a while and back whenever Instagram was fashion and beauty. Yeah. And I think I even tried kind of the, let's link my outfits. Let's see if anybody has any, because I did uh-huh. dress my kids pretty cute. So I tried that for a little bit and uh, just decided that was not, I don't have my, my shit. Can I cuss on here? Yeah. Okay. I do not have my shit enough uh, together to be one of those influencers. So I just went private and had been sharing photos of my family uh, for a long time. And something last like November, December, my therapist actually, because I have been in the creative field for really my entire professional career. And, you know, whenever you do something for long enough, you love it, but it becomes work. And my therapist recommended, hey, you should do something on the side that's for you creatively. You know, everything you do right now is dictated by somebody else. There are a lot of opinions. So what's something that you could do for you? And I said, well, you know, I enjoyed making some TikTok videos back during COVID, just like everybody did whenever we were all trapped at home. Maybe I'll try that. So I took my Instagram off of private, started posting some of the older TikTok videos that I had done and just kind of out of nowhere. I I think I got 10,000 followers within like the first month. And it just was so much fun interacting with people and getting that words of affirmation is my love language. So it's probably not healthy how much I get (laughs) from people telling me I'm funny online. (laughs) <laughs> but it's just been go, go, go from there. Do you remember what video you did that like blew up? It was on Instagram. It was a parenting hack where I tell parents, hey, you know what? You should just eat the good flavors of candy because your kids aren't going to know any different. And boy, boy, did did some underwear get wadded with, with that. I think it was all the kids that probably shouldn't even be on Instagram at all came and were just telling me how awful of a parent I was for giving my kids. I'm like, you should be coming at me for giving my kids candy, not for giving them the orange and yellow flavors. Oh my gosh. Isn't it so funny when trolls come out on the internet that you're like, who are you? Are you a real person? Like what is happening right now? Where I want to see what your living room looks like, like that you're sitting there like yeah. saying mean things on the internet to someone you've never met. And that's been a wild experience of it all too, is that side of things. With yeah, how do you I, handle it? it? I was not, and thank goodness, I was in therapy. So I've been in therapy since I had a little bit of a rough childbirth experience with my second child. And, you know, I hit my deductible with that emergency C-section. So I was like, I'm going to do therapy. It's yep. free. Let's let's help get over this. And, and in doing that, uh, of course, just uncovering a lot of other things and started uh, gaining a following and started talking to her about some of these awful comments I was getting. So I am so thankful to have had her to get me through, Mm. Um, you know, just helping me all the things that you hear of hurt people, hurt people and uh, don't engage with them. That's what they want. And uh, how much, because I have this thing with it been this way since I was a kid with justice. 
Like I, and you know, I love to, to quip mm-hmm. with my words. So I'm like, when these trolls, my initial thought was when these trolls come at me, uh, uh-uh. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get back at them and I'm going to be smarter and I'm going to be funnier. Um, and that worked for like a minute and then it didn't work for me anymore because you just end up getting in fights with people in their basement. So you have so many people like that's all you would do is communicate with people. Not that you have so many trolls, but just like people in general, like how do you even manage your DMS and things like that? And I try to, I am so blessed to 99% of the comments and the DMS I get are fabulous. So I try to also not, you know, dwell on the one jerk who comments something, but I currently, I really try to be, I'm pretty active in in my DMS and I I know quite a bit of my followers and uh, I just, so, and what is the most rewarding part is probably having these conversations with these other moms or these other people who are thinking about being moms and, because I hear from other people, whenever you talk about this thing, you make me feel less alone. I didn't realize other people had that experience. And I, in posting that and then talking to these people telling me I also feel that way, it feels just the same for me mm. to know I am not alone. And while, yes, it might take a little bit more kind of you know, guts for me to put it out there first, it's just this, I've, I have this community around me that's telling me I'm normal. Yeah. So it's, it's even more rewarding for me. Um, yeah. Anytime I post something that's like, a deeply emotional motherhood type thing. And I get people being like, Oh my gosh, you said exactly what I'm feeling. There is like validation there too. Um, not that I'm helping people, but that I'm like, Oh, I'm not crazy that I feel this way. Okay. I'm not alone here. And there's something therapeutic about that. Well, and so much of in becoming a new mother, you're experiencing things you've never felt before. You know, I feel like what I love about the internet is now we are having open conversations about the not so wonderful side of things and the realities. And you really do feel in those dark moments and those moments where my brain is thinking things and I'm like, I can't say this to anybody. I am the only person in the world who is regretting having children right now is Mm -hmm. thinking I can't do this. Um, Is so to see other people also having those thoughts and like, okay, this is, this is normal. It's not just me. I'm a great mom. Um, The hormones are responsible for a lot of this. So it's, it's just, I, I, I wish that other generations had what we have now, but I'm so glad to be that. And that's the good, you know, social media gets an awful rap for good reason. You know, there's a lot of bad stuff on there, but that's the side of it that I love that I, I just wouldn't give up for anything is that community. What did our parents do? Like, cause it also wasn't like cool to talk about it with your friends as much either. Like you didn't want to. And I don't yeah, know, I guess keep up appearances. Yeah. And I wasn't a parent in that era. So I'm sure there were some women that were doing that, but like, it seems like, and now that generation, you know, thinks that we're like over therapied in yes. our generation. <laughs> I mean, listen, I am trying to find a therapist for one of my kids right now. And it is insane. Like there's a therapist shortage. There's like, really? all the, yes. All the therapists that are in network for us and our insurance, like I'm, we've tried a couple, like no good. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to just pay out of pocket two seventy five an hour, which thank God we can do that. But like, there's so many people that can't. And I was talking to my mom about that. And she was like, you can't focus on that right now. Like you, you want to like make this better long-term for the rest of the world. But like right now you have to pay the money and go do it and figure it out, you know? Um, but man, that's frustrating because I don't think those in-network people were going to get us anywhere, you know? I had a hard time. I remember whenever I wanted to, I knew I had to find somebody with a network and they don't make it easy for you to find a therapist. And then, yeah, are they even taking new patients and do they vibe with you? 
And right. it's, it's so I, it just makes me so sad that it's such a mental health is so important to me. I also got on antidepressants about, I, I told myself, I'm going to give myself about a year of therapy. Um, and then if I still feel like I'm going to do the work, because that was important to me is not just to take an antidepressant, which I'm fine with, but to also do the work mm-hmm. um, behind why I'm having so many of those feelings. So for me, that's the perfect combo. And I too am, am blessed to even have the insurance to be able to do that. But oh, if I could just wave a wand, I would make mental health resources accessible to everyone. It is so important. It's, you know, it's interesting too. And I'll get off this tangent in just a second. You know, like our, our kids and babies, like they have all these like doctor checkups and I always feel like, okay, here's the 18 month check. And I'm like, why are we going to the doctor so much? I can look <laughs> at my kid and my gut can tell me he's healthy. I don't need to go back right now. But those are, you know, we get all those, but I'm like, oh, the brain health is just as important. And um, that it just seems like there's so many more hoops with that. Especially after having a baby. Like, yes. like okay, check on my hoo-ha, but also can you check on my brain and my heart? Because my hoo-ha's right. fine. It'll heal in It'll you know, heal. four to six weeks, but the yeah. rest of me's not doing too great. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, that is just like a whole nother can of worms. But let's talk about, some millennial things here. I think, I think that was interesting because as I was saying that, like the generation before us or even the generation before that, it's so like our parents think that like we're over therapy and we talk about all this stuff so much. But one of the things you do on your account is make fun of millennial stuff or like talk about the throwbacks. And, um, it's so hilarious. What's your Instagram name again? Let's tell everybody what it is. Nicole story. Dent. Yeah. So how did you get on that being your, one of your big shticks? I think it was probably one of the fashion videos where I walked into Target <laughs> and suddenly saw all of the things that I was wearing to look like a Spice Girl whenever I was yeah. in school. And it was kind of this like, like, you know, that fashion cycles and we've all heard our parents say whenever oh, yeah. we started wearing bell bottoms or like, yep. I used to wear those in the seventies, but it just felt like it was way too, I'm like, no, 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 this is way too soon. This does not feel Like it has been the adequate amount of time for all of these styles and the styles that they've chosen to bring back. I'm like, of all the things you could bring back, that's what you're bringing back. Um, And and I didn't even realize that I had my the faces that I make in those videos. I didn't realize that I was (laughs) unusual in the amount of, well, my parents probably could have told you that I had quite the expressive face. Um, And I've started getting Botoxes as an adult to help with that because in you, know, you see yourself in these zoom meetings as a professional and you realize what your face looks like whenever somebody uh-huh. says something. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I just had the idea in a target one day of let me record my face reacting to these awful fashions. And then I get into the editing process. And a lot of times I don't kind of have the, the final picture of the video in mind. And I took the footage of the clothes and my faces. And then my first one was to Mbop by Hanson. Uh-huh. And I had this thought of like, let me distort this music. So you really just, you go into this, like, what is happening? Who am I? How old am I? Uh, it, it just a realization that I am no longer the main target audience of uh-huh. the universe. I am no longer the it girl. Again, uh-huh. over the hill woman, you are over the hill. Out of the juniors department, you are now like officially in the women's department. You don't belong here. Hey friends, did you know that Prevenex is where I get all of my multivitamins and supplements? They have a great joint supplement and they also have amazing kids' vitamins, children's chewable multivitamins without all that extra crap in them. 
Prevenex formulated SuperVites to deliver the right forms and optimal amounts of key ingredients and nutrients to support your growing kids. It helps support eye health, bone health, immune health, increases energy and focus, and they donate a bottle for every bottle you purchase to malnourished children around the world. They have donated over 950,000 vitamin bottles already, so you're literally giving health to your child and a child in need when you purchase SuperVites. Low in sugar from natural sources, no preservatives or artificial sweeteners, and this is an organic blend of fruits and vegetables. They're delicious too. My kids actually really like them. They ask for them. So go to Prevenex.com, get yourself on a subscription for your own multivitamins, and you can do that for your kids as well. Prevenex.com, use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, 1-5 for 15% off your order. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, okay, so I thought it would be fun to walk through some like millennial fave things back okay. in the day. Now, I'm 40. You're 36? Yes, 36. Okay. So I'm your elder millennial. <laughs> Um, and I'm just on the cusp, like I'm 83 and I looked it up. It's 82 to 2000, which I'm like, how am I in the same game as the 2000 people, you know? And poor Gen X. Like I, I, we always forget that Gen X even exists. Yeah. Is that Gen X is like 80 to like 70 or what is, I don't even know. See, I don't know. They're the poor middle child that gets left at the gas station every now and then. I don't know. Well, there is a special group. I forget what they call it, but I'm actually, since I'm such an elder millennial, there's a special group that's like 80 to 85, I think, or like 78 to 84, something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Okay. Well, somebody out there listening does. (laughs) Is Um, there a name for it? It's kind of like the in-between because we're like old enough that we had the startup internet and we like, we remember all these things when they first started. And now we're like the younger millennials, all that was already there. You're closer to me. Yeah. And I, I read somewhere and this was such a fascinating thing for me. And I want to do a, a reel about it because it stuck with me of why, cause you know, we, we just millennial nostalgia content is absolutely everywhere. Everybody and, loves know, Gen it. Z thinks it's cringe, but oh, we love sure. it. And I was reading an article about the about the psychology of why, and it's just what you were saying. So we, while Gen Z, they're growing up with the internet. So, uh-huh. you know, one person does something over here or something's trending over there. Everybody knows it across the entire world. We didn't grow up with the internet and social media. So, you know, we were playing pogs and drawing those little S snakes on our mm-hmm. paper. And we just, we lived in bubbles and we didn't mm-hmm. know that the rest of the world was experiencing some of the things that we were. And now, but we but we're, we know the internet and social, like I was in college when Facebook came out. So mm-hmm. we're, we do well enough on social media and we're active. So now here we are where we're sharing stuff, looking back on those memories that we never got to share with the world and just all having these collective experiences just 20, 30 years later. That's a, yeah. All the kids are, yeah. They experience it together right now firsthand. Mm -hmm. Well, I know. And that's, isn't that the thing I think back to like, so we went on a vacation in April and like we went to one of those like Marriott resort things and you know, the kids met all these like different families that were there. And, you know, you end up hanging out with the same kids that are there the all week. And I'm like, instantly these kids can like connect with each other on their video games and like them living in Texas or wherever it is, doesn't feel so far away where when we would have done that, it would have been like 
these kids from another planet and like, we're never going to see them again, you know, it's yeah, or, so or connected, pals, you know, yeah. then you write a letter and it takes a week to get there. I lost so many, so many summer loves were lost because social media didn't exist. That's right. Yeah. What would have happened? I know because who knows where they go? They move, their family goes to Maine for the summer, whatever. And it's just, I'll see you in three months. It's a a Mary Kate and Ashley movie just waiting to happen. Okay. Let's start with Full House then because, um, (laughs) I mean, the Olsen twins are just a mystery, aren't they? And I would belong to their fan club. And I was an Ashley girl. I don't know if you were a Mary Kate or an Ashley girl, but I belonged to their fan club and I was I was Ashley. Really? Mm-hmm. So you have Candace Cameron Beret, then you have Stephanie, which I don't do you know what her real name is? Oh, it's on the what tip is, of my tongue. I know. She's like a big social activist now. Yeah. Seen, I, 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 yeah. Oh, Josie. Ho, uh, Sweden. Jody Sweden. <laughs> Jody Sweden. There we go. We got there. Candace Cameron Bure, Jody Sweden, and then the Olsen twins. I feel like Candace Cameron Bure does her own thing. She has like all those Hallmark movies and stuff. Jody Sweden, I don't know. But the Mary Kay Nashley, Olsen, like they're like fashion icons, but they're just like, I don't know. There's something yeah. super mysterious. They didn't go back to the to the new Full House, which I never watched, but like they just, they keep it on the DL. Which is probably smart. Because, you know, we've we've been old enough that we've seen a lot of these child stars and it doesn't go so well for them. So um, I feel like I heard, you can fact check me, that their parents, I remember hearing that their their parents, I think, did a pretty good job in terms of making sure that they had a childhood and the money that they could access at the age. Because that's got to be tough. And it's honestly, it's kind of like I've made the decision not to put my children on social media. um, Because you just, I, I think we're just now getting to that age where some of the mommy bloggers and the kids that have been on the internet for their, their whole lives, we're starting to kind of see the results of that, which I think mimics kind of what all of our child stars from full house and step-by-step and all those things that we used to watch went through. I want to circle back to that, but first be you not picking your kids on, but first, okay. I want to go over some fave shows from our time. I was going to start with full house and then I was going to go step-by-step. What do you have? For my next fave, Boy Meets World. Oh, of course, Topanga. My kids uh-huh. have been watching Boy Meets World. No way! Like, did the reboot or the original? The original. My wow. oldest is eleven. Yeah, isn't that like? I'm like, I guess that makes sense. You know, like Corey and Topanga. What were they in like middle school or like sixth grade even? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's kind of school, middle school. That's a pretty yeah. universal experience. Didn't yeah. Mr. Feeney pass away? I feel like I, I remember I Mr. He, yeah, R.I.P. Mr. Feeney. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of memes about Mr. Feeney's lessons that still uh-huh. just like hit uh-huh. hard. So that's great. I love that. Are you watching it with them? Um, no. And this was like a year ago. They like got on a kick. Um, there was something else they were recently watching that I was like, whoa, really? Um, and speaking of Mr. Feeney, that reminded me of Wilson from Home Improvement. Yes. That was a big one. I um, had the weirdest crush on Tim Allen. Really? Isn't that odd? I also Brett Favre. Um, so I, I'll, I'll talk to my therapist about both yeah, of those talk- things. But I loved Home Improvement. I love – so that's that's another one that's up there. I mean, JTT. JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh-huh. You have JTT. Okay. And then I I had a list for these two. JTT, Freddie Prince Jr., and Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. He would probably – I mean, I would – I'm sorry. I, I'd – shove JTT in a closet for Devin. <laughs> when he said 
can I keep you in Casper? I, th- I mean, I think we all had an awakening in that moment. And now and then, have you seen now and then? Yes. Okay, good. Because I feel like a lot of people, um, that's when I feel excited to, whenever my daughter's old enough to watch oh. now and then with her. That was when what I think of age? like my coming of age uh-huh. movie. It was now and then. What's and there was that age? moment that supposedly you could pause that where like he's bending down. You remember that moment where you could pause and supposedly see like up his towel. I don't think it existed, but <laughs> what urban what legend it? had it. Um, I'd have to go back and watch it to see like what age your like kids, it makes sense for them to watch it. Probably like tween. Yeah. Like kind of that age where you may have gotten your period. You're kind of just like your body's changing. And I think too, it's, it's interesting because it explores the, the forks of friendships. Uh So when you're a kid and you don't, you don't, the older you get, the more one person goes towards sports. One person goes toward music. You have different interests and what you want to do. And you, so it kind of, for me was also that of that, that point where you've been my best friend my whole life. And I think this Mm -hmm. is kind of our, our last hurrah as friends, as we, Mm -hmm. we go on these new paths for ourselves. That's such an interesting topic too, because as the parent, when you see your kids' friendships change, you're like, well, what about that person? Like I thought, you know, and it's like, no, this is natural. Like this is what, this is what happens. Like most kids are not going to stay friends with those kids. They were besties with in third grade in high school. Like you just change and Mm -hmm. yeah, we tend to worry about it, but there's not necessarily anything we need to be worrying about. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you have any other JTTs? I didn't tell you I was going to grill you like this, but I just thought of it like 20 minutes before we got on and I thought it would be fun. Yeah. Boy crushes. Well, I remember all the teen, all the magazines mm-hmm. and I feel sad that that doesn't exist anymore because mm-hmm. my, I don't think you could even tell what color I was growing up because I would, it was Spice Girls and it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas and what was it? Brad Renfro. Uh, he, uh-huh. Is he one? And just boys and Spice Girls. My, all, uh-huh. my entire wall was just torn out magazines of, of that. Do you know what I did? This is so weird. I would, you you remember Tiki Tack? Yes, <laughs> t- yeah. Tiki Tack, is that what you call it? I would Tiki Tack um, shopping bags to my wall. Like I just had shopping bags all like over Abercrombie? my wall. And like that, Abercrombie yeah. bags? I didn't yeah. really have Abercrombie. I had like, I, because I feel like I didn't, because Abercrombie, so I'm a couple years older than you. And I think Abercrombie got big when I was like 18, 19 maybe. Um but I would have like, yeah, like limited to the Deb. Uh, do you remember? Oh, so show? more. Okay. So more for the the logo, more store identity than yes. shirtless man. Okay. Yes. I had, yes, that's right. All over the wall. Like that's what people who came to my house, like, oh, Lindsay has the bags all over her wall. That was my, <laughs> I don't know funny. that my mom, I never did that. I don't think my mom would have approved of like a boy on my wall. <laughs> I remember going to, cause my parents, they were like, I'm not spending $70 on a shirt for you. Um, we're going to, uh, what was the Aeropostale? We're going to Aeropostale. You can't Aeropostale. go to Abercrombie, but we're going, but I remember going to um, Abercrombie and buying like something so that I could get the bag One so thing. that I could cover my textbook because we would do yeah. that. We would cover textbooks in Abercrombie bags. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. That whole Abercrombie thing in general is like, was very problematic. Like you had to be like really pretty to even get hired to work on their store. So my husband floor. worked there, which Uh-oh. he did not disclose this to me until we were married. So I'm like, how is this just now coming out that you worked at Abercrombie? I don't think it was very, or it was Hollister. Maybe it was Hollister. I don't think it was Hollister. very long lived. Uh-huh. Um, I think they moved him around a few times before uh, he just, cause it was just a bunch of kids managing kids. It was oh, like yeah. their, their manager. He said his manager was like two years older than him. So yeah. 
You need to do a video. I hate it when people tell me what I need to do, but I was just thinking <laughs> a fu- you, you could do a funny Abercrombie Hollister video with your husband. Yeah. And I'm trying to sneak him into more videos. I'm trying to grow his, his comp because I show him too. I'm like, babe, look at the views. Anytime you're in a video, oh, it's, people it's over know. a mil. People yeah. want more of my yeah. husband. People want to see. Him. Yeah. Yeah. People want to see what the other side of you is or like who you're spending all your time with is. Yes. Um, Okay, back to shows. Any other shows? I had Family Matters and Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince, I feel I, I wasn't allowed, so it was like my sneaky thing that I would go to a friend's house and watch The Simpsons and, and Fresh oh, Prince. Oh yeah, Bel-Air. that's my go-to karaoke song. Is the Fresh Prince theme song? I'm it's a, it's a crowd pleaser. I weren't allowed to watch that one though. I think it was just adult subject matters. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't know. The Simpsons, Again, my though, for older. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Let's last uh, millennial thing before we move on a little bit. One of the things I had written down, you know, and this goes back to like, you know, how you said Gen, is it Gen, I always get Gen Z and Gen X mixed up. Gen Z is the young kids. Correct. Yes. Making fun of us, like putting all this on the internet. But I always think about like Napster and like burning CDs. Like I remember one time I went, my sister went to IU, which was, I, I lived in the same town. I was, she, we went to college in her hometown and I would like skip school and go to her dorm room and burn CDs and use like <laughs> Napster. <laughs> I had LimeWire. I was a LimeWire kid. But yeah, you spend all day downloading a song and then to come to find out it's not at all what you were mm-hmm. trying to download is the most frustrating thing. And and burning I just came across my husband. He's a bit of a he can't throw things away. He's very sentimental, but he still has his CD case with all of his like sublime and but, but a ton of burnt discs, but he didn't label them because you know girls, we would get a ton oh, of yeah. markers and uh-huh. we would design our own CD. Like yes. it was beautiful. Like you could sell it on the market. It was so gorgeous. But my husband didn't put anything on him. So there was a time I, I smashed my phone so I didn't have which you don't realize how reliant you are upon all of these things now until you don't have them. But my my car is a 2016, which I think is the last year they put CD players in cars. So I grabbed my husband's CDs while I didn't have my phone to listen to music and just started putting his old CDs, which highly recommend if you happen to have your old CDs. It's the best because it's just songs you don't even think to go back and listen to. And they're not on kind of all the like 90s throwback playlists because they're kind of like alt but oh it's so much fun we did that Deep together cuts. and it was just a blast it yeah and you just you you immediately go back to what you were feeling in that moment when that song was big for you and you remember the boy or you remember where you were so that's just I, that's one of my favorite feelings in terms of nostalgia is just going back to memories that you would not think of otherwise Oh my gosh. So I am a big throw everything away minimalist. I would consider myself a pretty big minimalist. And when we moved from Indiana to North Carolina, we still had our like big CD cases, my husband and I both upstairs in the attic. And I was like, we're going to get rid of them. And I actually regret it. Yeah. Oh, I, you gave that face like you gave the face like you give the target close about me. Yeah, I knew. I know. And I'm, and I try to think now, especially with fashions coming back. Cause I'm also, I'm a big, like, um, like, okay, this no longer serves me. Get it out of my closet. So I donate things constantly, but I'm like, okay, think like, what am I going to wish I hadn't thrown away for my daughter in the future? But it's so hard. You can't know what's going to be cool. Like I gave my Jinkos. If I could just, I, I don't know why. I mean, I saved for my Jinkos. For who knows how long, like I mowed my yard 
a hundred times to get those Jinkos. And at some point I decided I don't want these anymore. And I'm very, very mad at younger self for doing that. I did find I've got two bags of clothes for my parents' house. My mom was finally like, Nicole, you need to come clean out your closet. And it's all my college clothes. So like oh. 2005 to 2010 and a little bit before that of like prom dresses and things like that. So I went through that now. Um, and I, I'm going to make a video of me trying on all oh, of those. Good. Like it's Sophie shorts. Um, I always say this brand, the Saucony shoes, Saucony. Saucony. The shoes that were just like yeah. all the rage. And I, I think uh-huh. they've been worn like once. So I'm going to start wearing them now. But oh, that was so just good. like a treasure trope for me to find, go through my old closet. I so, bet you're luckily, so glad it's there. Yeah. Well, and if it hadn't been at my house, it wouldn't have been there. But right. luckily my parents had just been ignoring my childhood room. Um, for That's ages. so good. I've gotten rid of so much and I have all boys. So I think about that too. I'm like, Oh, but like my boys aren't going to want this stuff. Um, but I have a pair. Well, so my Jinkos, I had Jinkos in eighth grade. So like, there's just no way I would ever be able to put those back on. You know what I mean? Were like, they the super wide legs or the bell super bottoms? wide, super okay. wide? Cause I had the, the super bell bottom kind. Yeah, no, I, cause you, you probably a little, a couple years behind me, but my, I mean, when I was in eighth grade, I probably weighed like 90 pounds. Like I was just <laughs> like, I was like, I like hadn't gone through puberty yet. You know, I was like yes. a tiny little thing. Um, but I do have a pair of silver overalls that flare from high that's school. A and lot. I, that's a lot in one article of clothing, a silver yeah. overalls that flare. Okay. Well, they're not, no, the brand silver. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the color silver, No, which is back. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, you know, remember the brand silver? Like silver? No, just silver. Just silver. Like, okay. I'm not they sold it at the silver. buckle. Oh, the buckle. That's a whole nother thing. The mm-hmm. speaking of social anxiety, being an yeah. overweight kid going into buckle where they harass you in the dressing mm-hmm. room and bring you mm-hmm. clothes. They're like, ma'am, here are 15 things because you picked out one thing after looking at the entire store. Here are 15, 15 things I think that you would like. What size are you? Could you say what you weigh a little bit oh, louder? Say it out loud. Store to hear. Yeah. Oh, like, so I just, no, just cut and run. I, I think I've been into the buckle maybe twice in my life and I still as an adult can't go back. Um, the other thing the buckle sold was lucky jeans. And you remember like yes. the zipper, you unzipped them and it said, like, and it lucky, said lucky you. you. Yeah. So <laughs> naughty, right? So provocative. <laughs> hey everybody. Did you know that I am a running coach and I have training plans available on my website, lindsayhine.com for half marathons and marathons, four different half marathon training plans, three different marathon training plans from beginner to advanced with a pace chart. So if you have like a specific goal time, that pace chart will help you nail down what your training should look like to get to that goal time. We also have pre and post run strength and stretching videos. I'm super passionate about doing all the things to keep yourself injury free. 35 bucks for the half marathon, 45 bucks for the marathon, super, super detailed plans and they're beautifully designed. Go to lindsayhine.com and just click on the training plans tab to learn more. All right, friends, back to my conversation with Nicole. Um, Okay, you brought up being an overweight kid, and I know that that has something to do with your comedic influence today. Can you tell us about that a little bit? I remember starting to, because when you're a kid, you don't really know, like, much about your own weight and that you're any different than anybody else. But I probably around middle school when puberty started to happen for me, um, I was always a taller kid. I grew early and then stopped. I'm five, six now, but I was always a taller kid and then started to be a bigger kid. 
in general. And also I feel like speaking of magazines, just back then you're at the, at the grocery store and everything is how to lose weight, diet this diet. I mean, diet culture was just mm. insane back then. And like, you know, as a mom, like whether in my parents, my mom never, ever like pressured me for what I look like, but just society at the time, like you realize pretty young that mm-hmm. you shouldn't look the way that you look. Uh, so I struggled with, and every summer I would, you know, uh, I'm going to lose weight. Like this is going to be the summer that I'm going to diet. I'm going to come back and I'm going to look, I'm going to be a new person and um, I'm going to be popular. And, you know, the girls and the boys are going to like me. And it just, I feel like, I feel so sad for my younger mm-hmm. self because I feel like I spent maybe, you know, 10, 15 years of my life just wanting to be physically something that truly I never would be able to be. Like there's nothing I could do physically to look like those women in the magazines and those women on the runway. So that is one thing as a parent that is Mm -hmm. absolutely so, so important to me with my daughter is her relationships that she has with food and her body and that she never hears me speaking ill of my own body. Um, So yeah, I, and then I started to get a little bit more serious around just food and, and I never really was educated on, sugar and you know, I felt just counting calories was all we really knew was it doesn't matter what nutrients you're getting, just count your calories. That's what it was all about. So I finally got my head around, let's understand what's going in your body. Let's figure out what your body responds to, what gives you energy, what feels good. Also having kids just completely changed my relationship with my body. Cause again, now that I've had kids, these boobs are never going to look like they looked 10 years ago. My stomach's never going to look like it did 10 years ago. I have stretch marks on my legs that I hid for decades that I finally am letting free of just like, it's a body. Everyone, it, it shows everything that my body has been through. I am who I am because of those struggles. So I wouldn't change them for the world. I think um, it, it helped give me character. And as you said, it helped me men- it grow my sense of humor because that's how you know, whether it's fully healthy or not, that's how I um, mm. developed a way to, if I can make them laugh, they will like me if I can just mm. make them laugh. So, and my dad's also hilarious and sarcastic and just loves to make fun of me at any chance he can get. So I'd also credit him for that. But um, yeah, boy, our, our relationships, my relationship, with my body has been my hardest one to date. All the boys. Nope. My body's my hardest relationship. And it's good now. It is. And that's, that's something big that I've worked on in therapy. You know, I kind of yeah. had my going into therapy, like here are the kind of the big hitters, like let's start mm. up here. But my relationship with my body was absolutely in food. Um, I emotionally would eat. That was my mm-hmm. big thing. If I was happy, I would eat. If I was sad, I would eat. If I was bored, I, I, I would eat. And so I would just eat an entire bag of chips after dinner, not even realizing um, that I was doing it. And then I'd wonder like, why, you know, why, why am I gaining weight? Why do I not feel healthy? Um, so just, it, it, and for, so for me now, it's not even about, like, I don't weigh myself. I used to weigh myself and measure myself every day. I had a book where I would mark down, like, oh. every measurement of my body and just, just awful. <laughs> Interestingly enough, one thing that my husband and I have connected over, so my husband did bodybuilding competitions in college and almost in the opposite way, like, he because whenever you train for a bodybuilding competition, like you, like you cut weight, it's, I think it's mm-hmm. what they call it. Like you basically stop drinking water I and can't you, imagine. it's all up to this literal, literal hour of the competition. Yet that is now in his brain, what he feels like he should look like all the time. Even though if he were to do that, mm-hmm. he would physically die. You know, much like women, we get to, we, we finally get to look what we, you know, think that we should look like. And that's what we're going to, that's what we then chase. And anything mm-hmm. outside of that, is is not enough. Uh, it, it's the feeling I think is 
crazy too is you say you're gaining weight and you're let's say 140 and you're gaining so you don't feel good at 140 but if i'm 200 and i'm coming to 140 you feel great it's like you're the yeah. same weight but because you're comparing it to this person that you got to on a day um you don't feel good about yourself so my husband and i've actually been able to you know you, you don't think that um, a man typically would be able to identify and understand with that, but it's been so great having him also kind of having that relationship with food and his body, um, for us to, to work through together. Wow. I have to like, I don't, I'm not like a big wear of myself either, but I, we have a scale in our house cause my husband bought it. Um, I think kind of just to keep himself in check. And now my boys like to weigh themselves. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, should I not be having them do that? But like for them, it's like cool to gain more weight. Cause they're like, they're little boys and they're growing strong. And I'm like, okay, I just like, if they want to do that, I guess they can. Um, but I stepped on the scale the other day and it said 140 and that I had never weighed 140 when I wasn't pregnant. Like, you know, I would top over that and my weight used to like sit at 125 and then after kids it would sit at 130 and I'm like, I have to like constantly readjust like that's okay if like this is where your natural weight is and you are exercising five or six days a week, mostly paying attention to what you're eating. And I, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's such a weird relationship because I feel like I haven't struggled a ton with it. But when I saw that four, I was like, oh, I don't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Isn't it I so don't know funny. what to make of it. And, and it's also just the difference of, you know, I lose, can lose seven pounds overnight. Yeah. You know, you can weigh yeah. 140 at night and wake up the next morning and be yeah. something totally different. And, you know, it's for me, I had to like kind of bury that, that weight that I was at one point in time in my youth, like, like in college, like I'm never going to be that again. You have to let her go. You have to get rid of those clothes go. that you think that you're going to fit into one day. Like that's not healthy for you and it's not going to happen. So you're just wasting energy on something that's out of your control and, and not good for you. It's so true. I love that you said that you have to let her go. I remember 10 years, 10 years ago, I was training for a half Ironman. So, I mean, I was the fittest I've ever been. And I stepped on the scale and it said 119. And I remember thinking, am I sick? I shouldn't weigh that little. And so then like, then like the obsessive part of my brain was like, <laughs> Uh-oh, do I need to go to the doctor? But then now I look back and I'm like, girlfriend, you were working out like literally three hours a day. Like, of course, you know what I mean? Um, and like, how am I going to compare myself to that person now? Ten years later, four kids later, you know, it's just like, yeah. Well, and to not feel like you can win. It's just yeah. like, no matter what you do, there's something to change. Uh, so I been so so proud of myself that I have finally like my body is my friend now not mm. my enemy um she's you know it sustained two lives uh, created two lives like I and my husband god bless him is so like all these things that we pick ourselves apart about like he doesn't care trust right. me he no. doesn't care <laughs> not at all no I know I actually like looked at myself in my bra and my underwear today and I was like you look good and I think that Three years ago, I if I would have saw that picture or that body in the mirror, I would have been like, oh, like you need to lose weight or like I don't like how the like love handles look in the back. But I, I, I did. I looked. I was like, you look good. And that feels really freaking empowering. Another thing that social. So I am very picky in who I choose to follow on social mm. media because I think that was something that I struggled with, especially right as I became a mom is you see all these other mommy people that 
don't look the way that I looked or weren't talking about the things, the issues that I was having with my body. And I was like, that's what I should be looking like. I'm not looking Mm -hmm. like that. So I did a whole cleanse of who I follow. Mm -hmm. And I now follow so many body positive accounts. So I, again, that's the good side of social media is Mm -hmm. I am being exposed to that. I know my daughter, like I wasn't exposed to that growing up of, Hey, it's okay to look the way that you look. We can't all look the same. Don't strive for impossible. So I make sure I regularly am getting content that's keeping my relationship with my body healthy by watching other people um, who are just killing it at doing that. Like people who will just regularly remind you like, this is what you're seeing, but let me just turn to the side and this is what you're not seeing. Yes. Um, or I'm holding my breath and this is what I look like for 99% of my yes. day. So I make sure I consume things that help me stay mentally healthy with my body. I also try to like, if I have a post a video and like my belly just looks like something where I don't really think it looks attractive. I'm like, I just, I'm just going to share it just how it is. And then I've gotten to this place where I'm like, I don't also need to bring attention to it. I just need to mm-hmm. like be this, just you know, because yeah, there have been times where I've been like, I don't like how I look here, but like, this is who I am or you know, um, so yeah, I try, I try to make sure like, okay, if I'm sitting down when I'm taking a video and I have a couple belly rolls, like it's fine, it's fine. And I don't need to draw attention to it. I can just post it and people can see it for what it is. That's right. You know, m- my humps, my humps were maybe talking about a different hump back then, but now these are my humps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, that's, that's so good. Love them. Um, ch- shifting subjects a little bit. Um, wait, tell us what your passion for chilies is. Cause I love salsa <laughs> at chilies. But have you eaten it with ranch? No. Oh my gosh, you are in for a treat. So they're runny ranch. They have the best restaurant ranch because you can't, there's something about restaurant ranch that has an ingredient in it that just you can't preserve. Do they make it there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you can't bottle this ranch for whatever reason. And so you can only have it at Chili's and it's runny just like their salsa. So what you do is you get your just beautifully salty, thin tortilla chips. Oh, yeah. And depending on who you're with and if they're cool with it, because you're going to get one and the other. I prefer to go ranch salsa. Uh-huh. So you're going to get a little bit of ranch in your salsa, but you dip it in ranch, you dip it in salsa, and you eat it. And it is the best combination. Oh, uh, it's a thing. Good. And I don't, I don't yeah. remember who taught me that or how I came about doing it, but um, I crave it whenever. <laughs> okay, I do comfort food. Anytime I'm having a bad day, if I've ever had a bad day at work, I'll be like, and I think what it is, is I, you know, after like volleyball games growing up, like the team would go to Chili's. Mm-hmm. So it was always just this kind of, back then it was a fancy restaurant. Like it oh, was, yeah. going out to Chili's was a big deal as yeah. a family. And like, oh, mom, yeah. can I get, can I get a soft drink or do I have to get water tonight? Oh my gosh, I can get a soft drink. And then whenever I got my first big girl job, it was, uh, I lived about an hour away from my parents, but my job was kind of in the middle and my dad would meet me for lunch and we would always meet at Chili's. So mm. it just has, and whenever my husband and I started dating, we lived right by a Chili's and um, it just has so many wonderful, it's a memory. I think it's nostalgia. I fun fact have, you know, those old bar tops from Chili's that are the tile. Yes. They don't do it anymore, but that old school tile, I have one. No, you don't. How'd you get it? I do. I, um, so I do, I did creative for my last job and we were at a photo shoot and Chili's headquarters are here in Dallas. And we were just, of course, you know, whenever I, I meet someone, Chili's comes up in conversation naturally. Of course. And they were like, oh, well, we we do the photography for their menu. And I just was like geeking out. And they were like, well, they just rebranded and now they do these wood tops. Would you want this old table that we can't use anymore? And I think I cried. I had a, <laughs> I had a Mustang at the time. And I was like, this won't, like, I will ruin the top of my car by strapping this metal table to it so that I can get it home because this is now the most important thing in my life to me is getting this table home. 
Gotcha. I cherish it. Is it like in your garage? I put some legs on it and turned it into an outdoor coffee table. With amazing. My back mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so like three years ago, my dad was, we were, we lived an hour away from where my parents lived. And every time we would go to town, he, he'd be like, can we go to Chili's? And I'm like, why, are, why do you keep making us go to Chili's dad? He like cashed in a bunch of his credit card points for Chili's gift cards. <gasps> well, if you don't want to go, I'll go. Tell him to call me. <laughs> I was like, oh, you great. can travel anywhere you want in the world at Chili's. You can go Mexican food. You can go Tex-Mex. You can That's go right. American and get a burger. I think they've even got some Asian inspired meals. Oh, the chocolate, the, the molten cake. Like yeah. it's just. I'm going it. fajitas if I go to Chili's. Yeah, the sizzling fajitas. Oh, yeah. yeah. I told fajitas. my husband, the one thing he did wrong in our proposal was not doing it at Chili's. Where did he do it? And, oh, well, okay. It was really sweet. So we met whenever <laughs> I was in college. I was a senior, and um, he was actually kind of dating my roommate. <laughs> um, so major party foul on my part. Uh-huh. They went on one date. He came down for the weekend. I ended up hanging out with a group, and by the end of the weekend, he wasn't dating my roommate anymore. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but... Um, uh, what was your question? You you just totally lost me. What was your question? Um, My the proposal. Oh, yes. So we it all kind of happened. Um, we were at a bar and we'd had a couple drinks and we were dancing and we ended up making out. So he took me back to Austin where I went to school and took me to this same bar Aww. and played our song. Um, and what is he, it? So he, uh, Drake, best I ever had. Nice. And uh, he, the ring box, he bought this fancy one that had this like bright light in it whenever you open it. So it was massive. And he was wearing like tight, like cowboy jeans and boots and the ring wouldn't fit in his pocket. And he was like, this is too obvious. The ring wouldn't fit in his boot. So he had to put it in his boxers. <laughs> and I remember we were dancing at the bar and I was like, okay, like, okay, babe. Like, I guess you like what what I'm doing here. And it turned uh-huh. out it just, it was, you know, my future in his crotch. It was the box. Yes, it was the box. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's so, 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 so good. Um, are you still friends with the roommate? I'm not. Um, I, we've kind of made up since, but, um, there was a nasty Facebook message that was sent by her understandably, but she's now had kids and she messaged me and it was like, you know, I think everything worked out. Like things, things went as they should. So we've reconciled, but we're not friends today. Isn't that interesting, like, those relationships with other girls that might have been sour in the past, and now you're like, you all have your own families and lives, and um, this is a kind of tangent thing, but, like, there was one girl in high school that, like, my boyfriend cheated on me with, and then, like, literally... 15 years later, she was like donating breast milk to me because I couldn't breastfeed the baby. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, how full circle is this? And like, you know, it's just like people change. Like we're not the same that we were when we were 17. No, just immature kids with just my hormones were the only thing leading me that night. And yes, exactly. But it worked out. Look at this now. It's beautiful. Um, all right. So before we wrap up with end of podcast, I have to know, going back to our millennial conversation, in sync or Backstreet Boys? In sync. Oh, yeah. In sync. Okay. And I know Good. that's controversial. And I, I think I did a poll actually recently, and most people, I probably swayed it because I let them know I was an in sync girl. Oh, yeah. I think I just collectively was more into their look. Oh, yeah. And, and their music, honestly. I just, yeah, in yeah, sync. Did you ever go to a concert? No, I didn't. Um, but, you know, all the, the, the talk is that they're getting back together. And after, did you see the VMAs? They were on stage together. Oh. 
so with Justin too. Oh yeah, with all five of them. Because I remember when the Spice Girls came back. I my first ever concert was the Spice Girls, and okay. I my mom took seven girls to a Spice Girls concert. God bless her. Um, I did cry, and but Ginger had left at that point, so mm. um, I only got four of the Spice Girls. And then whenever they came back and did their reunion tour, Posh wasn't there. Uh, but supposedly, like, there's talks of a boy band halftime show with like bsb in seek but then people get upset when they're like you left 98 degrees out or what about you know nope, those the are other, the only like, two that matter i know i agree those agree. are the only two that matter um wait are you talking about like for the super bowl yeah oh there's a rumor a which i think would be incredible oh 100 so i'm 100 in sync and we i went to in sync concert for sure the only thing I will say is I want it that way. Backstreet Boys might trump every NSYNC song, but it's, that's just one song. I don't know. God must have spent a little more. Like I just, when I think about those moments and those times where I was crying mm-hmm. over a boy, mm-hmm. I just leaned on, I leaned on NSYNC. I leaned on Justin and his sweet, sweet voice to get me through those times. Um, I had some like good Brian McKnight breakup songs. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like a dream well, sir. Okay, you want to you want to tie this up? Brian McKnight just did a Chili's collaboration. No, he did. No, yeah, he, he did, and it was freaking hilarious. Where he rewrote one, "You're like a dream come, dream come true. true," but it was yeah. about their like pick two thing, where they got uh-huh. to pick two things. Uh-huh. So yeah, That's so funny. Brian McKnight and Chili's was <laughs> the funny thing is like I would listen to that song. And like I, but I'm, you're listening to it thinking, I hope they're thinking about me when this song is, yes. but they weren't, you were just no. thinking about it. No. Yeah. They were playing video games with their And then friends. Lauren Hill, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, that remake. I still, man. Yeah. I still jam out to all those just like voice to men. Like, uh-huh. it was grinded songs, grinded uh-huh. songs, pony, genuine. Too, oh, way too yeah. young. No, no business listening to those songs. We had age, list- those played at middle school dances. <laughs> that is what's insane to me. I know, and my mom never chaperoned a dance. She probably wouldn't let me go to one if she'd have chaperoned no. a dance. But like the grinding, like yeah. so much grinding. Yeah. So do people do much. they still just Gen Z grind? What do they do? I don't know, and I don't think do they, or they just TikTok dance in front of each other. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Because we were still doing that in like college. We were, you know, to oh, yeah. um um what's that song I think? Slow motion for me, juvenile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my knees are feeling it now. All that that getting low, my knees are feeling it now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like one of the most popular like Instagram videos is the people going back and doing this that song. Um yes. sweat drip down my, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I do want to wrap up, but before we do that, I have, we have to tell everybody that you as your time as a mother have been the working parent and your husband has been the stay at home dad. And I feel like we more so talk to stay at home moms or moms like me who are like part-time stay at home moms, husband works full time. And so I just want to like hear a little insight of that part of your life, because I think that's really fascinating and like, how does that work with your relationship with your husband? Does he just own the stay-at-home dad life? And it was something that we never talked about before we got together, which in hindsight, I'm just so lucky it worked out the way that it did of, you know, hey, I want a career. Is that okay with you? Like, how do you want to handle whenever we have kids? Are you cool for them to go to daycare? Or are you going to expect one of us or me to, you know, shift my life for a little bit and watch the kids? We never talked about that. Uh, and 
whenever I had my first child, I was very, we got a nanny and she actually came to work with me for a year. So I was able to be at work, breastfeed on demand. Like that was such, I'm so Mm. thankful that I had that transitional experience because um, it's, I just feel, I feel so much for, for working moms who just, it's such a hard cut of like, okay, your, your mat leaves over. You're going from being with your child 24 hours a day to not seeing them. Um, and I wish we put more like empathy into that as a world. And some companies do. I, I, w- I had full 12 weeks paid leave. And we would try to also, um, if I ever had an employee that was coming back, we would do it more gradually. If you know, work a couple days at first and then let's move to three days because it's that's tough. Uh, so I'm really glad I had that that one year to kind of get used to um, being a working mom. And we had a nanny for a little bit. And my husband was just feeling like he had a full-time job and it wasn't going super well for him. And the nanny was super expensive. And we just decided with with my income, we would be able to support him staying home. Um, and he is just the most incredibly active and caring dad in the entire world. I've I looked out so big with him and then we had our second kid and he continued to stay home um with with both and it has been a challenge because mm-hmm. there's no rule book in terms of because we're also learning to be co-parents together and we're also married which you know you get annoyed at people when you're married and you're living with them all the time and we don't talk about how do you handle these situations as a parent do you believe in spanking how how do you punish or do you do you want to make sure how like in terms of food like super healthy do you want to do baby led weaning you just don't talk mm-hmm. about these things so you're figuring out how to get along as humans get along as parents and then you have these traditional roles that you know my husband grew up seeing and i both of my parents worked but my mom was the primary caretaker the default parent as as i've heard it called and um he he would go to play dates and it's all moms so yes. i feel I feel for him so much that he didn't have like a support system around him that he had had other people like him doing what he was doing. And I know that that was tough for him at times because he felt just like a lot of moms who are stay at home moms do. It can be very isolating. You don't talk to another adult all day long. You don't get to go to the bathroom by yourself. Like I had the luxury of going to Starbucks to work from there or talking to other, having adult conversations whenever I got to work and talking about, reality tv and he didn't get that so and i am a firm believer like i i had a very very stressful job and i really believe being a stay-at-home parent is the hardest job (laughs) in the universe but figuring out okay i get home from work now what does that look like we're both here do you are you off duty and now i'm a mom but then i don't get a break what about the weekends you want to go play golf but like yes i haven't had as many parental duties as you but i also need a break so we right it's there have been some tough times and, you know, resentment can grow in those moments. Um, and you start to keep, that's the word. Whenever I start keeping track, that's when I know mm. that things are off is like, okay, whenever I start keeping track of, well, I a woke tab. up with him yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the pieces of advice, cause my husband and I do, I would say we do things pretty differently in terms of uh, like getting the kid, like at what point is their long sleeves? Did the kid, does the kid need to be in long sleeves or had how baths are given? where someone told me it's if someone else is doing it, let them do it. It's their their job. Let them do it their way. The worst thing that we, that I can do and that can be done to me is, Hey, I'm, I'm giving the kids a bathroom. I don't need you coming in and critiquing how I'm giving a bath. If it doesn't like, does it really matter? 
Is the child yes. going to be injured? Is something bad going to happen? No, then let them do it the way that they want to do it. Let them wash the dishes how they want to do it. So that's been really helpful is, is hearing that and keeping myself in check. And also if it's happening to me, being open and honest about like, hey, I'm feeling a little, little criticized right now. Like let's, let's reset. But it's been a journey. And now, so I'm no longer at, um, I no longer have full-time employment. I'm, I was at that company for, for 10 years and have recently found myself um, not there. And I have this world of social media that I'm going to be exploring. Can I become a full-time content creator? What could that look like for me and my husband um, and I Yes, now, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I've, you know, in my work, I was on the other side of it. So I was in, I did a little bit of like influencer relations and social media at my other job. So to be on this side of it is, is it's wild to have both perspectives. Um, but we're able to like, we're home together during the day. And like, we're like, hi, like we, we haven't, but literally have not been alone with each other uh-huh. in five years. So uh-huh. So far, it's been fabulous for our relationship, if you know what I mean. Um, at the end of the day, I'm tired. I'm oh, like, yeah, you got to do that during I'm, the day. I'm physically tired. Yes. So if oh, yeah. I can recommend one thing, oh, yeah. it's afternoon delights. Oh, 100%. Yeah. There's so. there's no after bedtime no. situation. It's just, I'm it's done. just too much. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> percent that I'm on board with that for sure. Um, oh yeah. Like the division of responsibility. Yeah. I, I feel like the stay at home parent or the primary parent tends to have bigger issues with how the other parent does things. Like for Mm -hmm. instance, I will see like my sister-in-laws and people that I know that are the primary parent, like writing out lists for their husbands and things like that. And I'm like, if your husband doesn't know how to just like handle doing whatever they need to do with the kids like let have a family meeting or something or are you just making the list because you it has to be done your way mm-hmm. you know um and not to slam on my sister-in-law is like that might just be how their family's run <laughs> but well I, um, and I understand it because you were for the majority of time you were doing it the way you're that doing, you're doing it, it. So and you're like don't you're mess up with. my that's system comfortable with uh-huh yeah. and then here comes somebody else coming in and doing it and it is hard it is hard yeah. to see somebody doing something oh yeah and I learned that as a manager of people yeah. That was one of the biggest career transitions for me was going from, you know, whenever you're good at something, you tend to become the manager of other people yes. who are doing it, um, which that's a whole whole nother tangent. But um, having to let people fail and let people tackle projects differently than I would have done them, like just because you're doing it a different way doesn't mean that it's wrong. So I learned a lot yes. of that in my, my career as well. It's applicable everywhere. Just let other people do them. Does it really affect you? Um, if not, it's not worth the anxiety applicable when having your kids starting to do chores too. Oh yeah. I, and even coloring like, Oh my, like I'll watch my daughter color or she'll be doing a craft project and it is everything in me just wants to like, you're not doing it right. Like, Oh no, no, that's it. Blue. That's green (laughs) to just, that's not what this is about. And I'm not to the point where we're doing homework yet, but that's, that's going to be tough. I'm not either actually. And my oldest kid is 11. So Oh, it, de- well, good. it depends on the school system you're in. I, our school doesn't really, my oldest son does get homework, but he finishes it at school when like there's downtime. It, it's not enough that he can't finish it at school. And so that's incredible. Really, yeah. And I approve of that because I feel like you're at school for six hours a day. Well, and like, I don't want to be trained to think like, I don't want to be sent home from work with more right. work. Like exactly. that's kind of, honestly kind of what got me into a lot of my stressful situations is going, oh, I'll finish this at home. Like, right. I, yeah, I'm, I don't want my kid to get into that habit. So that's yeah. fabulous. I'm pro minimal homework for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm sure he'll go to, to like a middle school next year. So that'll, it'll change a little bit, but, um, okay, let's wrap up. What's one thing professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? I want to, and will, um, write a movie and I have an yes. idea for a movie that is very like kind of this coming of age, but for a millennial that's just become a mom and is like, nice. just ex- all of the things we experienced for the first time and all of the things that we've talked about here and. Um, the changes in your body and the changes in your relationship and just the, because I, the only way I get through things is by finding the humor in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've kind of just started been writing down like vignettes and ideas um, and I need to just kind of tie everything together and obviously write it, but that is something, and it may not go anywhere, who knows, but um, that's, that's a dream of mine is to write a movie. I like how you said, I I want to, and I will, regardless of where, whose hands it gets into. Yeah, I can still do it. I can do it. That's right. Do you, uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, okay. I can tell you the most recent book I've intended to read. I bought, I don't, I don't read. I should read. I don't read. Uh, the Hunger Games prequel is oh. the book that's on my nightstand that I've been okay. telling myself, you're going to get off your phone and you're going to read this, that. but okay. I haven't yet. I've heard it's good. I forgot they had a prequel. Um, do you have a kid's book you recommend? Not the five minute books, the five minute bedtime books. Those are bullshit. They're not five okay. minutes. They're <laughs> fifteen. I mean, if you're a speed reader, but um, so not those. Don't okay. don't. Fall I don't for know those about five those. minute bedtime stories. Don't. I, I was gifted them, and I am ashamed to say that I have gifted them to others. Don't. Do I'm it. ashamed. <laughs> um. I mean, I love a book that's short. Mm-hmm. If Me you too. sense in the theme here, I just uh, yeah, I'm not interested in committing to a novel here. when it's yeah. when it's time for bed. It's time for let's bed. go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um. I have one more question, but has anybody ever told you you look like Meghan Markle? What is so funny is I never, I was blonde for a long time um, and didn't use self-tanner. And then I decided I don't have the maintenance in me to stay blonde. So I went back to my natural color of brown and started using self-tanner because I look like a ghost if I don't with dark hair. And then all the, and I started doing social media stuff. Never in my life had I ever been told I look like Meghan Markle. And now I feel like I'm told that 10 times a day. I mean, I think she's like the prettiest person ever created so you should take that as well thank you i will um people have said i should do an impression of her but i don't even know what that so i think the reason it stood out to me which is funny because this video you're kind of blurry it it, the video won't come out that way but like on riverside for some reason am i blurry to you you are yeah yeah but you're Um, beautiful oh thanks it's the Um, the barbara walters (laughs) um but i'm watching suits right now so and she's like a main character so like I'm seeing her every night before I go to bed <laughs> and I also, didn't how, even... how about her like really making that dream we all had as becoming a princess come like, true literally, like, look at her literally I yes. know um but yeah I'm watching it before bed right now and so um so it's like she's her face is top of mind for me but I I don't know that I thought about that when I looked at your social media but now staring at you on the screen for an hour I'm like who does she look like it's Meghan Markle. I'll take it. I've been told, I've been called worse. Run with so that hard. <laughs> uh, maybe she'll go to Chili's with you one day. I, I doubt it, but, I'll, <laughs> but I'll, I'll keep that dream alive. Okay. What's your last message to leave with our audience? Um, let's see. Remember what is in your control and what is not in your control and laugh at everything that's not. You're, you are, so I have a tattoo on my hand. My, middle, my maiden name is Story and um, I have a tattoo that's on my arms says story. And for me, it's a reminder that I am the writer of my own story, that I am in control of how I 
react to situations, uh, what I say yes to, what I say no to. I think a lot of times it feels like life is happening to us, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's just as a reminder to myself that I am, I'm writing this movie. That's, that's mm -hmm. me. Um, I'm the director, I'm the writer. So make it a good one. Let me see it. Oh, that's right there. Oh, that's tiny. I've always, I, I want a tat, like I want something. You can't do it unless there's like a re like a story or a reason uh -huh. or like a meaning behind it. And I, I can't think of the one thing. So, well, also I think we put too it. much pressure on our that's tattoos and cause I also, I have one that says dude chill also. That's just a reminder to myself of like, just chill. Like again, this is not a big deal that your son dumped apple juice on the floor. It's, it's fine. Yeah, just chill. Yeah. Like, don't freak out about it. Um, so I'm a proponent of just get one. Once you get one, it kind of just like, eh, like it's yeah. not as big of a deal. We build it up in Dude. our minds. It has to be some huge thing. Do chill. Dude. Like D-U-D-E. Like I love dude that. comma chill. Like, oh, and it's yeah. honestly kind of helped. Like I've worn yeah. bracelets that say relax and bracelets that say whatever, yeah. Yeah. but I end up taking them off because uh -huh. I can't type with them and I forget. So it really has worked as a reminder to myself in those moments when I'm starting to feel anxious and like worked up of like, like just take a beat. It's good. All right. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Lindsay. This was so much fun. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Nicole, for coming on the podcast. Just go to Nicole Story Dent to find her page and laugh out loud because her content is amazing over there. You can learn more about me. My Instagram is lindsayhine626. My website, lindsayhine.com. And you can learn more about this podcast at sandyboyproductions.com. Click on the Why Is Everyone Yelling tab. Uh, when you sign up for our newsletter over there, you will get the show notes for this episode delivered to your inbox every week so that if there's anything we talked about, any sponsors you want to check out, that can just be delivered to your inbox. Sandyboyproductions.com. Friends, thank you. Thank you for being here. We will see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?